Hello, and welcome back to SAS Stories and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and happy November. This is episode 166. Happy November, Mary. How did you, how was your weekend? How was your Halloween, Brian? Uh, my weekend was pretty good, actually. Uh, we went up to Carkeek Park. It's up north, and uh, we got to see some nature. <laughs> it was, it was very. It, it, yeah, it was very nice out. Uh, it's getting a little chilly nowadays, but uh, it's nice to, you know, get out and do things, even though we still have the pandemic going around, uh, going to a, a nice little beach where not too many people were, was was fun. It was pretty um, chilly, and, but uh, it was fun. Yes, yes. Uh, we also went to a new restaurant. Uh, I forget the name. What was the restaurant? Kangaroo Mary? and Kiwi. It's not a new restaurant, Kang- though. Okay, well, it's new to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we tried some of the food there. So that was fun. And then, but most importantly, it was Halloween. So we got to see like a bunch of people walking around in costumes. Uh, I saw, we both saw a cute little baby Yoda running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw like some dogs dressed up. <laughs> uh, people dress up their dogs, you know, things are getting serious. <laughs> yep. um, unfortunately, we both live in, uh, you know, apartments that won't have kids knocking on our doors fortunately or unfortunately I don't know depending on which way you look at it for Halloween but some of my neighbors are leaving out some um like you know candy buckets so mm-hmm. I grabbed something from them not because I desperately need candy but because you know no one else is going to be so I'm just being a good person <laughs> grabbing candy Mary I just want you to know that uh yeah so that was pretty much my week um this was the first first week where I'm full five days back in the office you did so, some good uh, meal prepping at Trader Joe's. You yes, bought a yes. bunch of prepackaged lunches. You just bought five of those and you're set for the week. That's your <laughs> yeah, meal prepping. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know the businesses downtown are probably like, oh, here comes Brian with his with his credit card. He's too lazy to pack <laughs> lunch. No, wrong. I will pack lunch, but I won't make it. I will buy it straight <laughs> from Trader Joe's, pre-packed and pre-made. But they're so, not they're gotcha. not that bad. They're between like four and five dollars each, probably. So I mean yeah, cheaper yeah, than going out still. Yeah, definitely cheaper than going out. And uh you guys know the Trader Joe's like wraps. I just straight up got five of them, one for each day of the week. Very yep. easy. Wow. I'm I mean I, that's what a- I do too. I only go in the office two times a week, but that's what I typically do. And then because it's just easier that way. And then I yeah. can make lunch when I am working from home. But mm-hmm. yeah. How was your week? Um, I went to a charcuterie board making class, sorry, charcuterie board making class. I gave it to my mom for her birthday a few weeks ago and it was this weekend. Um, It was at this place called The Works in Capitol Hill in Seattle. And uh, we made, they taught us how to make charcuterie boards, but it was with a spooky twist. So there were, um, we made uh, fingers with carrots and a sliced almond on the end for a fingernail. And we made, um, a spider out of olives and an eyeball out of a goat cheese ball with an olive in it. And it was very fun. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, That's pretty cool. I, I, I love charcuterie boards. It must've been fun to, you know, like have like a, a theme while making it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it was fun also because I mean, I remember Yumi and Brayden made uh charcuterie boards, I think the Super Bowl. Weekend. Super Bowl. Yes. But it's just nice because it was like all the ingredients and all the possibilities were there. Oh, okay. You don't have me. to go shopping. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like when you and I went shopping for we the charcuterie like three board, grocery just, stores. Yeah, we're like, oh, we need some more things here, more things there. And so it was fun to just have it all like yes. there for us and like an instructor to like tell us how to make the spooky elements of the, the board. And 
yeah, it was very fun. Um, yes. I also hung out with my friend Maggie, who I've known uh, since I was like two or three. I hadn't seen her in a while. And um, yeah, went to Karki Park and it was very fun also. Uh, we tried out this iPhone uh, picture hack that I had heard about a while ago. I never tried it though. But basically, you know, you can take panoramic pictures um, on your iPhone. And so what I had uh, Brian do is he stood on the left side of you know, me as I was taking the picture and he posed and then I'd move my camera slowly as you take a panorama and I just pause and he'd run a- around behind me. And then on the other side, on the right side, he'd pose and take and, and on the other side. So then it would look like he was in the picture two times. Right. Yeah. And it turned out very well. It was fun. It probably was weird for people watching, but there wasn't that many people there. Yeah. You're very just like slowly moving your camera. I'm like, okay, I got you on one side and I like run Run. as fast as I could to the other side. I mean, the thing is you didn't have to run though, because I could just, I just move the camera (laughs) camera steady as you ran to the other side and post, but yes, you know, it was was entertaining. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It was pretty cool how it turned out. Yeah. It actually turned out really well, but, uh, yeah, that was basically our weekends and can't believe it's November. Um, November one is the, you know, the early action deadline for colleges. So it's pretty busy time at work for me, but it's good. And yeah, but first we wanted to talk about um, how Seattle is the most anxious major metro in the U.S. according to new data. <laughs> so do you want to start with that, Brian? Yes. So in a survey conducted between September 29th to October 11th, about 54.5% of the adult population of King, Pierce, and Snohomish. Snohomish. I can't even pronounce that right now. Snohomish counties, uh, which is basically 1.8 million people said they felt nervous, anxious, or on edge for at least several days during the past two weeks. This is the highest percentage among 15 of the largest metro areas. And what's interesting about this is this data comes from an ongoing household pulse survey, uh, which is an experimental product of the U.S. Census Bureau. Uh, You're not speaking clearly. Census Census Bureau. Bureau. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. What's wrong with me today? (laughs) You said household purse survey, Censor Bureau. (laughs) I'm sorry, people. It's fine. <laughs> but basically, uh, you know, the Census Bureau, basically, you know, they, they it's usually it's a one-time thing, like every every year. And, you know, it's not really active live data. But this household pulse survey basically is real-time data. Um, the, the other cities that I'd like to mention that were two and three, two would be Houston, three is Boston. So it looks like all the, all the corners of America is really going through anxiety right now. Well, and, there are uh, like every survey though, there's always some error built into it because right. you know, people's mental health changes from week to week and anxiety changes with that from day to day or week to week, even hour to hour. But um, they also, this is a bi-weekly study. So basically mm-hmm. um, you're able to see if Seattle consistently ranked high for anxiety over time. And um, yeah, it, it ranked either one or two among the metro areas for six consecutive studies. So, yeah. Uh oh, it might have something to do with uh, everyone going back to work. Just gotta say that, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. So I found that very interesting, um, and also I'm wondering if some of the anxiety is because of COVID, and because we are still going through it, and you know, that makes people yeah, pretty yeah, anxious exactly. still. 
Yeah, and, and the survey doesn't actually give us clues on to why people are feeling anxious. Uh, so that will just be up to everyone's best guess. Yeah, they say that they're um, a higher percentage of white people are stressed out in Seattle than people of color. There's also less significant differences in degrees of anxiety by marital status or a level of education. Um, but overall, a very interesting study, and I would be interested to see if we continue on that trend <laughs> or we could get those numbers down let's 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 get those numbers anxiety. down but also you know maybe as covid gets better over time in the next year or so uh maybe that our collective anxiety can go down a little bit also yes yeah over 50 percent. that's a lot of people that that's are a lot. experiencing anxiety yeah mm-hmm. now this is more exciting news about seattle but uh, World Cup officials are very impressed by our bid to host the turn of the World Cup in 2026. So basically, they're trying to bring it to Lumen Field in about five years, 2026. Um, and it's being led by a six member committee, which includes uh, Sounders owner Adrian Hanauer, Mayor Jenny Durkin, and Seattle. Uh, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and also Sierra his wife and <laughs> that's what he's been doing on his off time <laughs> I mean Russell Wilson let me just take a second you know he broke his finger whatever and had his surgery and then you know he went to the Coldplay concert at yeah, Climate Pledge life. Arena then the <laughs> next day he went to the first cracking game at Climate Pledge Arena now he's working on this 2026 World Cup does he even have time for football anymore that I don't tireless know. worker <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they recently released a video over the weekend of promoting Seattle's bid, um, and which is very exciting. And the 2026 FIFA World Cup is going to operate as a joint bid by three North American countries, Canada, Mexico, and the United States. And the U.S. will have 11 venues in different cities for the tournament and is offering 17 cities as possible choices. So we have a pretty good chance of being selected. There's also going to be three venues in Canada and two in Mexico. Um, the other West Coast cities that are vying for to be hosts are um, San Francisco and LA. Um, so basically, they're looking for cities to with a few different factors. They want a, a city with a strong public transit system. So maybe that will help us. That move, would definitely, yes. Move it's along the light clutch. rail. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can get it done in five years. I mean, but... Maybe, maybe something Hey, maybe will... they'll, they'll connect Ballard early just for this. <laughs> maybe Russell Wilson can pour some money into the light rail system yeah. for uh, Seattle um, or Jeff Bezos or any of the other, Bill any Gates, anyone, them, really. any rich person <laughs> over there. Um, let's see. They're also looking, because they're, you know, they want a transit system that's adequate for managing the inevitable influx of fans from all around the globe. Um, they also want to make sure the presence of an appropriate venue is available. So again, Lumen Field would, would be where it would be played. Um, they also said that host stadiums should feature real grass and have adequate accommodations for members of the media, VIP guests, and fans alike. Okay, check. Yep, we can do that. Lumen Field. Um, but they said that Lumen Field uses artificial turf, but uh, they said that there would be discussions around installing a gra- grass pitch if Seattle was chosen. Okay. So we're flexible. We're flexible FIFA. <laughs> he said, but the, the, it is not a deal breaker, but it's important for a city to have previous experience hosting large scale soccer tournaments, which obviously we haven't ever hosted the world cup, but you know, we did host the world fair. Well, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we still have that management tournament. skills. 
<laughs> She'll have the Maybe. Space Needle to thank for that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll get some new. I wonder if they'll they'll make additional stadiums or we'll just have our there's really not that much space. Well, it's going to be hosted at 11 different cities in America. Yeah, so it okay, so it's just going to be Lumen Field and I guess they'd be traveling to other cities throughout because yeah. you It'd said be, Canada and Mexico as well. Yeah, there'd be 11 cities hosting games in the US and 3 in Canada and 2 in Mexico. So, and I would assume that they wouldn't choose all three West Coast cities, but maybe, who knows. Yeah, yeah, probably not. LA probably will get one. Maybe, I don't know if there's room in New York. <laughs> I'm assuming there is. I mean, uh, there'll probably be an East Coast, East Coast, West Coast, and then maybe somewhere in the middle. Well, there's 11 of them. So yeah, there's going to be several. <laughs> That's true. But we don't know how many are, is it 11 in America? Yes. yes. Okay, okay, okay. 11 in America, three in Canada, two in Mexico. Gotcha. Okay. That's a fair amount. That's that's pretty good odds. I like those odds actually. Mm-hmm. Did you know the American Heart Association recommends 150 active minutes each week to help with heart health? What if you could earn rewards just for being healthy? That's where Paceline comes in. Paceline is a free app that gives you rewards for exercising 150 minutes per week. Keep up a weekly streak and get even more rewards. Every week of your streak, the rewards vary. You can choose from gift cards from Amazon, Starbucks, Target, and more to discounts for products or services, and even donations to charitable organizations. Join me on Paceline. To get started, download the free Paceline app, connect it to your activity tracker, and use our referral code SSSPOD to start earning rewards just for being healthy. This was an interesting article that first I came across, or Mary, you came across this article, but humans have introduced a new life form to outer space on Friday as NASA astronauts harvested their first ever chili pepper on board the International Space Station. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, so that hatch, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Hatch the hatch chili, hash chili uh, pepper seeds arrived at the space station on space on a SpaceX resupply mission in June and then were promptly planted by NASA astronaut Shane Kinsborough. So these are these are planted in June and I guess they're they're finally ready to be picked now. Yes, they had the first space tacos uh, last week and it included fajita beef, rehydrated tomatoes and artichokes and hatched chili and astronaut Megan MacArthur said it was the best space taco she's ever had. Yeah, I mean I'm sure they they probably don't have that many great foods like I remember like learning about you know like what astronauts did mm-hmm. in space as a kid you know it was like packaged dry food and you know like there's like some sort of like dry ice cream I remember but I remember that yeah 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 and uh but you know some some real tacos that sounds like a, a treat right frankly okay but the the meaning and the reason why they're even attempting this is because they're exploring ways to sustain explorers for missions to destinations for longer um, right. That right. Ma- might so they can grow their months. own food. Yeah, for m- that might last for months or years, and might have you know limited opportunity to resu- resupply missions. And so, if they're able to grow their own food, that would help a lot. Uh, you know, they mainly still are going to be re- relying on packaged food from Earth, and so they're just trying to get them some more key nutrients. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. They said that they planted 48 pepper seeds 
in a device called a science carrier that contains baked clay for roots to grow in in a controlled release fertilizer, specially formulated for peppers. Wow, so, that's I pretty, mean, yeah, that's pretty neat. And then also uh, NASA planted these seeds around 180 sensors and LED lights that basically could control the, that could be controlled by the crew at the Kennedy Space Station. So the hmm. space station crew was actually what was controlling the lights that helped these peppers grow. So that's, that's pretty neat. Very fancy. It kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Martian, but it's like Matt James so. is stuck on Mars. Matt James? <laughs> Or Matt, no, Matt James. I'm that's so right, that's sorry. the bachelor. <laughs> Matt, Matt David. I'm so sorry, Matt David. <laughs> you are not Matt James. And vice versa. Matt James, you're not wow. Matt David. <laughs> but yes, he was stuck on bars and uh he just tried to you know survive. Yeah, I remember that. I watched plan. that movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. But it's really cool that we're, you know, like exploring like, you know, planting stuff in space you know, we can apply that technology too. whenever I guess we go to Mars or anywhere else, really. But well, I mean, pretty, eventually, pretty... eventually, as more and more people probably travel to space uh, and like they said, have longer missions or try to go to live on a different, uh, different planet, then they're able to maybe bring some, you know, better food for them as to sustain them throughout the months or years or however long it takes uh, instead of oh, just totally. having prepackaged frozen you know kind of not very nutritious meals. yeah jeff bezos that's that's not good enough for jeff bezos yeah, he was he only up food. in the sky for like 20 minutes <laughs> up in the up in space for like 20 minutes so i mean he didn't need to rely on a uh, fresh produce but the astronauts oh, no, actually do that is true that is true yeah and then lastly, we have a quick update. I mean, this is just the Zags season just started. They've only had one exhibition game so far, mm -hmm. uh, but we just, and we won't be covering every single game like this, but finally Zags basketball is back. And like I said, exhibition games, we won 115 to 62 against Ooh. the Eastern, Eastern Oregon, Oregon Mountaineers. <laughs> this happens every year where we just literally basically double the score of the opponent. It was kind of hard to watch. I mean, fun to watch, but hard to watch when we go watch the games uh, as students. Yeah, because it's kind of a blowout and it's it's, it's like not, a blowout. Not as exciting. I don't like when, you know, it's a very, very close game, but also it's like not also that exciting when it's you're literally doubling their score pretty much. Oh, um, yes. The starting five consisted of uh, Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy, Julian Strother, Russier Bolton, and Andrew Nemhard. Now, Timmy and Nemhard are basically the Returning. only two. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Julian Strother was on the team last year, but uh, he wasn't Andrew, starting, yeah, Andrew Nemhard and Drew Timmy both, you know, played pretty regularly and mm -hmm. probably started multiple games last year too. Um, and they basically, since they were winning by so much, they basically emptied their bench. Uh, and Chet Holmgren really, really played well. He made six of seven three-point attempts and – most of the rest of the team didn't do that great uh, with three pointers, <laughs> but at least he did. And, you know, it didn't really matter. Um, yes, our team is we pretty young like over 50. <laughs> yeah. Our team is pretty young. And so there were some, you know, mistakes, but that's okay. We still, it's good to get, team. yeah, it's good to get your first win under your belt. And is this, I can't remember, is this like an actual game or is this just an exhibition? No, this, this is I've said it twice. It's an exhibition game. There's also another one on November 9th uh, against, that's right. 
no, sorry, this one, this Friday. So November 5th against Lewis and Clark State. And then November 9th is our first game against Dixie State. Right. That's when they start counting, counting yeah. or on quotes, Dixie state, November 9th people. But then okay. like the week of Thanksgiving, we're playing against UCLA and Duke in the same week. So that's going to be a really, really tough week. Yeah. Uh, I hope so we, we... got to prep ourselves for, for what we have right now. And so, and don't get, you know, don't overexert ourselves because it is only. Yeah. And don't know, get too overconfident when we beat out, you know, like, the Eastern Oregon Mountaineers. I'm sure they're a very respectable team, but uh, just stay focused. <laughs> yeah. Um, former Gonzaga walk-on Paul Pennington. Actually, he is uh, Kevin Pangos's brother-in-law and, oh. and also former Gonzaga soccer player, Kate Pangos, Kate Pennington, Kate Pangos. Uh, he actually appeared to have broken his arm during the game and left invisible pain. So hopefully he can come Uh-oh. back. But uh, so that sucks. But <laughs> yeah, um, that really does. Yeah, hopefully he's okay, and hopefully we can, you know, we get all the jitters out. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to start the season early, like we normally do. Last year we started basically straight off, uh, going up up against like actual good teams mm-hmm. you know, and their fans. COVID. Hmm? Oh yeah, and there's fans. fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's there's important fans too. Difference. But I'm saying last year, uh, because the season had to start later, we didn't have exhibition games like this, and right. we just kind of started straight up playing against good teams. And you know, obviously that didn't deter us. We went undefeated till the championship. The very end. Oh. But but you know, it's good to be able to have with get some practice games in too. Right, and with Corey Kispert gone, we really need to you know, you know, we need Drew Timmy to step up as the leader this year. And also Chet Holmgren has, there's very high hopes for him to hopefully kind of replace Jalen Suggs. Who was well. really great last yeah. year. And they came from the same high school. So mm-hmm. yeah. anyone else from Minnesota wants to come up to Gonzaga? You're yeah. Mini Haha Academy. Just yeah. Mini Haha Academy. Your, yeah. <laughs> all your players to Gonzaga. Minnesota and Spokane, you know, weather's probably close. pretty similar. They're, they're somewhat close. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Similar, similar environments. So I'm sure he'll be right at home at Spokane. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope everyone has a good rest of your week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Yep. Bye.